Fiscal Update is a compilation of brief news articles published by the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency throughout each month. The articles cover actions taken at meetings of state boards and commissions, news releases from state agencies, updates on the status of the state budget, reports on audits of state and local government, and other items of interest to legislators and their constituents. If you would like to receive email notifications when individual Fiscal Update articles are published, please go to www.legis.iowa.gov slash subscribe. Or you can follow us on Twitter at Iowa LSA. To view all charts and graphs coinciding with these reports, please go to the Iowa General Assembly website at www.legis.iowa.gov. Click on the Publications tab at the top and then click on Fiscal Analysis in the gray area to the left. Under Fiscal Publications, click on Fiscal Update and search for a particular report. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 2nd, 2019. End of Session, Senate File 302, Autonomous Vehicles. Senate File 302 establishes a framework for vehicles operated by automated driving systems under new Iowa Code Section 321.514. Definitions. Senate File 302 defines several terms under new Iowa Code Section 321.514. Among them are automated driving system, the hardware and software collectively capable of performing the entire dynamic driving task on a sustained basis, regardless of whether the system is limited to a specific operational design domain, if any, and minimal risk condition, a reasonably safe state to which an automated driving system brings a system-equipped vehicle upon experiencing a performance-relevant failure of the system that renders the system unable to perform the entire dynamic driving task. This includes removing the vehicle to the nearest shoulder if possible, coming to a complete stop and activating the vehicle's emergency signal lamps. Operation. Driverless capable vehicles are allowed on public highways of this state without a conventional human driver under certain conditions among them. The vehicle can achieve minimal risk condition when the driving system malfunctions. The vehicle operates in compliance with applicable traffic laws unless exempted by the Iowa Department of Transportation and the vehicle is certified by the manufacturer under federal safety standards unless exempted. Insurance. The owner of the system-equipped vehicle shall obtain financial liability coverage for the vehicle pursuant to Iowa Code Section 321.20b. Accidents. In the event of an accident, vehicles are to remain on the scene of the accident and comply with Iowa Code Sections 321.261 through 321.273. The onus for failure to comply falls on the owner of the vehicle and is subject to penalties. On-demand driverless capable vehicle network. Under the bill, a person may operate an on-demand driverless capable vehicle network as defined in the bill. Authority. The bill grants the Department of Transportation the authority to regulate automated driving systems under new Iowa Code Section 321.514 through 321.518. Political subdivisions are not to impose a tax on system-equipped vehicles, automated driving systems, or on-demand driverless-capable vehicle networks if the tax relates specifically to the operation thereof. Penalties. 
Under Iowa Code Section 321.482, it is a simple misdemeanor for a person to do an act forbidden or to fail to perform an act required by Iowa Code Chapter 321 unless a different penalty is otherwise specified by law. A simple misdemeanor is punishable by confinement for no more than 30 days or a fine of at least $65, but not more than $625 or by both. Enactment Date The bill was approved by the General Assembly on April 18, 2019 and is awaiting the Governor's signature. The LSA staff contact for this fiscal update is Rodrigo Acevedo, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6764. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 2, 2019, End of Session, Senate File 188, Stun Guns on Campus. Senate File 188 prohibits the governing board of a community college or state university from adopting a policy or rule that prohibits carrying, transporting, or possessing a dangerous weapon that produces a non-projectile, high-voltage pulse designed to immobilize a person in the buildings or on the grounds of the institution. These weapons are commonly referred to as stun guns. Exceptions. The bill permits the community colleges and state universities to prohibit persons who have been convicted of a felony from carrying, transporting, or possessing a stun gun. The bill also exempts from the prohibition any policy or rule adopted or enforced by the state universities that prohibits the carrying, transportation, or possession of a stun gun inside the buildings or physical structures of any stadium or hospital associated with one of the universities. The bill was approved by the General Assembly on April 23, 2019 and is awaiting the Governor's signature. The LSA staff contact for this fiscal update is Robin Madison, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-5270. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 2, 2019. Board of Regents sets fiscal year 2020 tuition rates. The Board of Regents acted on May 1st, 2019 to set tuition rates for fiscal year 2020 at the three state universities. Undergraduate resident tuition rates will increase 3.9% at the University of Iowa, UI, and 3.9% at Iowa State University, ISU, beginning with the 2019 fall semester. The University of Northern Iowa, UNI, did not seek an increase in tuition rates for the coming year. The following table that accompanies this fiscal update article shows the tuition and mandatory fee rates approved at the meeting. Budget request. In October, the Board of Regents submitted a budget request to the Governor and General Assembly seeking a total increase in state general education funding for the universities for fiscal year 2020 of $18 million, including $7 million each for UI and ISU and $4 million for UNI. At the time the board approved the budget request, board president Michael Richards indicated that UNI would be allowed to hold tuition steady for fiscal year 2020, but tuition at UI and ISU would be tied to state funding as follows. If the request for $18 million was met, tuition would increase 3%. If no increase in state funding was appropriated, tuition rates would increase 3% plus the projected increase in the Higher Education Price Index, HEPI, which was 2% at the time. An increase less than $18 million but greater than zero 
would result in a tuition increase between 3% and 5%. State funding appropriated. On April 24, 2019, the General Assembly approved House File 758, Education Appropriations, which included a total of $12 million in general education funding for the state universities. The bill is awaiting the governor's consideration. The LSA staff contact for this fiscal update is Robin Madison, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-5270. To see the table that accompanies this article, go to the Iowa General Assembly website at www.legis.iowa.gov. Click on the Publications tab, then click on Fiscal Analysis in the gray area to the left. Next, under the heading Fiscal Publications, click on Fiscal Update and go to the PDF titled Board of Regents Sets Fiscal Year 2020 Tuition Rates. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 8, 2019. Executive Council Meeting, May 6, 2019. The Executive Council met on Monday, May 6, 2019. The following are highlighted agenda items approved by the Council. A personal appearance was made by Executive Officer Christy Templeton of the Department of Human Services to submit two requests for disaster relief to the Council under Iowa Code Section 29C.20A. The Council approved both requests. The first request was for a resolution of funds in the amount of $385,000 in response to the Governor's proclamation of a state of disaster emergency resulting from flood damage in Carroll, Green, Louisa, Muscatine, Scott, and Wapello counties. The second request was for a resolution of funds in the amount of $385,000 resulting from the Governor's proclamation of a state of disaster emergency resulting from tornado damage from July 2018 in Lee, Marshall, Polk, and Van Buren counties. The Council approved a request from the Attorney General's Office for the payment of expenses under Iowa Code Section 7D.10 of approximately $12,900. The Council approved a total of approximately $72,400 in cost items for the following purposes. $4,200 to the Department of Public Safety for vehicle repairs, $2,300 to the Department of Natural Resources, DNR, for vehicle repairs, $48,100 to the Iowa Communications Network, ICN, to repair damage caused to cables by erosion along Highway 4 in Emmett County and Highway 13 in Clayton County, and $17,800 for legal fees, including $9,400 to Barclay Damon LLP for legal services incurred in Department of Revenue versus Windstream Iowa Telecommunications, and $4,300 to Foley and Lardner LLP for legal advice provided to the Office of the Chief Information Officer. Additional information is available from the Legislative Services Agency upon request. The LSA staff contact for this fiscal update is Chris Eubin, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-0134. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 8, 2019. Board of Corrections Meeting, May 2019. The Board of Corrections met on May 3, 2019 at the Iowa Medical and Classification Center, IMCC, in Coralville. IMCC Update. IMCC Warden Jim McKinney provided an update on the IMCC Annual Spring Concert. 
the IMCC hosted its annual spring concert at the gymnasium located inside the facility. Inmates participated in the concert and friends and families were invited to attend. University of Iowa Lab. The University of Iowa currently provides college course instruction to inmates at IMCC. Under this program, 100 inmates at the facility have earned University of Iowa college credit in classes including economics and entrepreneurship. Retrieving Freedom Incorporated RFI Dog Program. The RFI Dog Program is currently in place at the IMCC. Under this program, inmates may foster and train a service dog for a veteran in need of a service animal. The inmates may foster the dog for a period of 18 to 24 months. M Unit. Warden McKinney discussed the M Unit at IMCC, a 16-bed unit for inmates with behavioral and mental health issues. The unit has one correctional counselor and one therapist. Warden McKinney also discussed the morale recognition therapy available at IMCC. Flooding assistance. Inmates from the Anamosa State Penitentiary and Mount Pleasant Correctional Facility traveled to Buffalo, Iowa to help with sandbagging and flood prevention efforts. The Department of Corrections, DOC, has also been requested to provide sandbags for Burlington, Iowa. For this project, inmates at the Iowa State Penitentiary, ISP, in Fort Madison will fill the sandbags and the Department of Transportation will load and transport the sandbags. Ombudsman Report State Ombudsman Christy Hirschman presented her annual report on complaints and cases submitted to their Office of Ombudsman by inmates at correctional facilities. From 2017 to 2018, there was a 1.2% increase in prison cases. In 2018, there were 33 partially substantiated and 27 substantiated complaints related to the prison system. Iowa Prison Industries, IPI, Farm Land Sale. IPI Deputy Director Dan Clark discussed the sale of 70.71 acres of IPI farm ground located in Lee County near ISP to the Great River Regional Waste Authority at the appraised value of $678,000. Iowa Code Section 904.317 requires that the sale of real estate must be approved by the board and the proceeds from the sale must be used for capital improvements to DOC property. The DOC will use the proceeds to fund the Homes for Iowa project at the Newton Correctional Facility. The board voted to approve the sale. Legislative slash budget update. DOC General Counsel Michael Savala provided an update on DOC legislative priorities during the 2019 legislative session. Savala highlighted several pieces of legislation related to DOC priorities as well as legislation with potential impacts on the DOC. House File 421, Transfer of Patients. Senate File 273, Sexual Misconduct with Offenders, did not pass. House File 423, Medicaid Eligibility Suspension for Criminal Offenders, House File 393, Gifts and Bequests Reports, Electronic Filing, and House File 634, Justice Advisory Board. Savala also provided a brief update on the appropriations to the DOC for fiscal year 2020. A more detailed budget report will be provided once the governor has approved the appropriations. Policy Approval. The board voted to adopt two new DOC policies, Core Correctional Practices CCP, 
relates to staff training in the use of evidence-based practices and continuous quality improvement relates to the monitoring of current DOC administrative practices and creating and maintaining efficiencies. The next board meeting is scheduled on June 7, 2019 at the Mount Pleasant Correctional Facility in Mount Pleasant. For additional information, see the DOC website. The LSA staff contact for this fiscal update is Laura Book, Legislative Analyst 1 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-205-9275. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 10, 2019. State Appeal Board Meeting, May 2019. The State Appeal Board met on May 8, 2019 at the State Capitol in Des Moines. The Board took the following actions, approved $16,100 and denied $5,300 in general claims pursuant to Iowa Code Chapter 25, and approved $110,500 and denied $11 million in tort claims pursuant to Iowa Code Chapter 669. Settlements. The board approved two judgments totaling approximately $52,500 from the general fund. Judgments were for the following cases. Craig T. Olson and Patricia Stechkon versus State of Iowa. This case arose out of the state's termination of a lease for office space with the Hubble Realty Company. The parties reached an agreement to settle all claims for approximately $50,000, of which $25,000 will be paid from the general fund and $25,000 from the University of Iowa Physicians. Ellen Fritz Waters versus Iowa State University. This case arose from an alleged discrimination complaint against Iowa State University. The parties reached an agreement to settle all claims for approximately $27,500. The next regular meeting of the State Appeal Board is scheduled for June 3, 2019 at the State Capitol in Des Moines. The LSA staff contact for this fiscal update is Chris Eubin, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-0134. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 10, 2019. Natural Resource Commission meeting, May 2019. The Natural Resource Commission met on May 9, 2019. Chairperson Margot Underwood conducted the meeting. Laura Foyle, the newest commission member, was sworn in by Bruce Trotman, the Acting Director of the Department of Natural Resources, DNR. Legislative Update. Tammy Crossman, Legislative Liaison, provided a legislative update. This included a discussion of Senate File 609, Fiscal Year 2020 Agriculture and Natural Resources Appropriations Bill, that appropriates $11.9 million to the Department from the General Fund for Fiscal Year 2020. This is an increase of $366,000 compared to estimated Fiscal Year 2019. Art in State Parks. Todd Kofelt, Parks Bureau Chief, announced a new project for the 100th year celebration of State Parks called the 20 Artists, 20 Parks Program. There will be 20 artists from Iowa State University who are assigned to a state park from April through August 2019. These artists will create artwork that reflects their time at the state park. This will include faculty and graduate student artists from the Colleges of Design, Agriculture, and Life Sciences and liberal arts and sciences. The Department of Cultural Affairs is also assisting with coordinating the program. Lowhead Dam Contract. The Commission approved a contract with LT Leon Associates for $148,000 to provide a study for a project at Steamboat Rock Dam. 
The study will include project stakeholders from the City of Steamboat Rock and Hardin County Conservation Board and will focus on dam safety and fish passage. Funding is from the Lowhead Dam Appropriation and from the Marine Fuel Tax Fund. Rattlesnake Study. The Commission approved a contract with Stantic Consulting Services for $63,000 to study the eastern Massasagua rattlesnake that has been listed on the Federal Endangered Species List since 2016. The study will verify the presence of the rattlesnake in Iowa and document the locations. Funding is from a federal grant. Land Acquisitions. The Commission approved the following land acquisitions. A total of one-half acre at Trout Run Wildlife Management Area in Winnesheet County for $1,000. Funding is from the Marine Fuel Tax Fund. A total of 13.3 acres at Leo Gras Wildlife Management Area in Buena Vista County for $13,000. Funding is from Ducks Unlimited. And a total of four acres at Leo Gras Wildlife Management Area in Buena Vista County for $4,000. Funding is from the Resource Enhancement and Protection, or REAP, Fund. Luster Heights Land Transfer. The Commission approved the transfer of 25 acres at the former Luster Heights Prison Camp located in Alamakee County to the Federal Department of the Interior. The land will be used by the Fish and Wildlife Service to construct the McGregor District Office for the Upper Mississippi River Wildlife Refuge. The transfer included $211,000 and was deposited into the Fish and Game Trust Fund. Geode State Park Construction. The Commission approved a contract for $1.6 million with Peterson Contractors for lake dredging and shoreline armoring at Geode State Park. The project was originally contracted in 2017. However, the work was not completed. The original contract was for $3 million and approximately $814,000 was paid, leaving a balance of $2.2 million to finish the project. The new contractor's bid of $1.6 million is expected to save the DNR approximately $600,000. The estimated time to finish the project is spring 2020. The next meeting will be held on June 13, 2019 at Honey Creek Resort State Park. The LSA staff contact for this fiscal update is Deb Kozell, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6767. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 10, 2019. Governor's Flood Recovery Advisory Board, May 9, 2019. The Governor's Flood Recovery Advisory Board met May 9, 2019 in Des Moines. The board was established by Executive Order No. 4 and is charged with supporting and overseeing a comprehensive flood recovery and rebuilding effort. The meeting opened with introductions of the board members. The board received updates on the flooding impact, recovery efforts, and a listing of the members of each working group and the agencies assigned to provide staffing for the working groups. Working groups. In addition to the board, six working groups have been formed with the following individuals named to lead each group. Larry Winham, leading finance. Rick Alaley, leading economic development. Secretary Mike Neg, leading agriculture. Beth Townsend, leading workforce and housing, Leo Edelman, leading river management and infrastructure, and Gerd Claybaugh, leading public health. The governor requested that the working groups meet once within the next two weeks. The next meeting of the advisory board is scheduled for Friday, May 24, 2019 in Melbourne, Iowa. Future information on board meetings will be posted by the governor's office at floods 2019 Dot Iowa.gov. The all staff contacts for this fiscal update 
are Ron Robinson, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6256, and Laura Vargason, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-2249. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 14, 2019. State Board of Education, May 2019. The State Board of Education met on May 9, 2019 in Des Moines. The meeting opened with public comment, including presentations by students enrolled in Buena Vista University's Special Education Practitioner Preparation Program. Director's Report. Director Ryan Wise discussed the recently passed legislation, House File 690, which established a children's behavioral health system and the funding that was appropriated to the area education agencies to support educator training for student mental health. Director Wise also announced a conference to be held July 16, 2019 to present and discuss best practices for the teacher leadership and compensation program. Iowa Learning Online ILO Director Wise provided an update on the ILO program. ILO had received appropriations in fiscal year 2014, fiscal year 2015, and fiscal year 2016 and was converted to fee-based funding beginning in fiscal year 2017. The Department of Education had requested a fiscal year 2020 appropriation to sustain the program, but the funding was not approved. Director Wise said the program cannot be sustained on its current funding and will be ending. ILO will operate for one more year to allow participating school districts to transition to other options. Notice of intention to amend rules for school buses. The board approved filing notice of its intent to amend rules regarding school buses. The change in rules would increase the inspection fee by $10 and expand the requirement for vehicle inspections from school buses to all school vehicles that transport students. An additional rule change would require newly purchased school buses to be equipped with lap and shoulder belts. Legislative update. Sean Sievert, Policy Liaison, provided an update on the end of the session and the recently passed legislation. The department will be issuing a letter to the field to school districts to help districts implement changes required by the enacted legislation. Administrator Preparation Program Iowa Professional Leadership Academy, IPLA, is an administrator preparation program for principals provided through the Prairie Lakes and Keystone Area Education Agencies. It is a two-year endorsement program with 16 to 20 participants each session. The program was granted conditional approval, allowing the program to continue as alignment to new standards is implemented. Iowa School Performance Profiles. An update was provided on the planned updates to the Iowa School Performance Profiles site. A new school comparison feature will be available, and the following additional data measures will be added. Progress on state goals, suspension and expulsion information, chronic absenteeism rates, post-secondary readiness reporting, percent of students assessed, national assessment of educational progress results, attendance data, staff retention history. Closing achievement gaps. 
An overview of the recent Closing Achievement Gaps report was provided by Jay Pennington, Chief of the Bureau of Information and Analysis Services. The report includes data on the increasing diversity in Iowa schools and the student achievement gaps for minority subgroups. Davenport School District. An update was given on the Davenport Community School District, DCSD, and the recent completion of a Phase 2 visit to the district. Amy Williamson, Chief of the Bureau of School Improvement within the Department of Education, reviewed the Phase 2 visit report with the board and answered questions. From the 2018 department report, two unresolved items of disproportionality in students of color identified for special education services and placement decisions were discussed in regard to how these are systemic issues that will take time to change. New citations were also reviewed. The board approved the recommendation that DCSD be placed on conditional accreditation and that deadlines and milestones making progress be provided at the next board meeting. The next meeting of the State Board of Education is scheduled for Thursday, June 13, 2019. The LSA staff contact for this fiscal update is Laura Vargason, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-2249. Fiscal update, Fiscal Services Division, May 14, 2019, Iowa's 2019 state ranking. Iowa has been recognized as the 14th best overall state in the country by U.S. News and World Report. The best states rankings evaluate all 50 states across a range of criteria, including education, health care, infrastructure, and the economy. Iowa was ranked first overall in 2018. About the rankings, the best states rankings are the centerpiece of the U.S. News Best States Portal, a platform combining analysis, daily reporting, historical information, and photos related to state issues. This year, U.S. News streamlined the ranking methodology. The rankings are based on more than 70 metrics and tens of thousands of data points adding to a set of annual surveys that determine the weights of the eight categories u.s news conducted a survey asking more than twenty three thousand people across the country to provide levels of satisfaction with government services and to prioritize where state governments should focus resources. U.S. News is continually assessing the data used in the rankings and the methods used to evaluate them. Feedback from industry experts, government officials, and state residents informed a methodology review process that resulted in several changes. The 2019 Best States rankings should, therefore, be viewed independently from prior year's rankings. Each state's performance in the overall ranking correlates directly with its ranking in each of the eight categories, including health care, education, economy, infrastructure, opportunity, fiscal stability, crime and corrections, and natural environment. The overall ranking takes a holistic view of all these category rankings to determine which states are best for their citizens in all aspects. If a state performed well in several categories, especially those weighted more heavily, it is likely to rank highly overall. Also, state rankings are relative. A low ranking does not necessarily mean a state is failing, but just that other states outperformed it in that category or metric. Weights. The overall best states ranking is determined from how each of the 50 U.S. states ranks 
in eight categories. The weights of the categories are as follows. Healthcare, 16%. Education, 15.8%. Economy, 13.8%. Infrastructure, 12.9%. Opportunity, 12.7%. Fiscal stability, 10.5%. Crime and corrections, 9.9%. And natural environment, 8.4%. Iowa is ranked by category. Iowa was ranked by category as follows. Crime and Corrections, 19th. Economy, 32nd. Education, 9th. Fiscal Stability, 17th. Healthcare, 20th. Infrastructure, 23rd. Opportunity, 2nd. And Natural Environment, 32nd. Iowa was ranked first in several subcategory components. High School Graduation Rate, Government Credit Rating Score, Child Wellness Visits, Healthcare Affordability, and Housing Affordability. The LSA staff contact for this fiscal update is Ron Robinson, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6256. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 14, 2019. Governor's Flood Recovery Advisory Board, Agriculture Working Group. The Agriculture Working Group of the Governor's Flood Recovery Advisory Board met on May 13, 2019 in Des Moines. The Agriculture Working Group is one of the six working groups created by the board and is being supported by the Department of Agriculture and Land Stewardship, DALS. The members of the Agriculture Working Group include Mike Nag, Secretary of Agriculture, Dr. John Lawrence, Iowa State University, David Lewith, Jeff Jorgensen, Farmer, Lyle and Alice Hadi, Farmers, Michael Stenzel, Farmer, Steve Kenkel, Shelby County Supervisor, Senator Mark Costello, Senator Tom Shipley, Dwayne Voy, United States Department of Agriculture, USDA, Amanda DeJong, USDA Farm Services Agency, and Kurt Simon, USDA Natural Resource Conservation Services. Farming Issues Members from the farm community discussed issues that are impacting their operations. Examples of these include flooded roads restrict farmers' access to their property, grain bins experience major water damage leading to major grain loss, and sand and other debris on farmland make it impossible to farm. Other issues. Group members had a general discussion on the following. Land issues. Debris such as trees, sand, and rocks must be removed. On farmland located closer to towns, other types of debris may require special equipment for removal. Farmers will want to be present when representatives from government agencies review their farms to document the flood damage. Equipment will be needed to remove debris, but the inability to drive on roads prevents the equipment from being transferred to the property. The levees need to be repaired properly to prevent future flooding, and cover crops should be planted in the spring season to repair the soil. Grain Issues Removing grain from the bins can be dangerous to farmers as pressure may have built inside the bins. Access to the grain bins has been limited due to road flooding. There are portions of land that could be farmed, but road flooding will limit the movement of equipment. And financial and communication issues. Finding a way to organize and optimize funding available from federal and state programs. Finding ways to communicate funding options available to farmers. And having enough staff on hand at the local offices to assist farmers who need information. Additional information. The following websites have 
Additional information related to Iowa's flood and disaster recovery. 2019 Iowa Floods has flood-related information including flood recovery and road closures. Emergency Watershed Protection Program includes federal information on disaster assistance programs. USDA Recover has information on crops, livestock, conservation, and other programs. Emergency Conservation Program aids by repairing farmland damage caused by natural disasters, and Rebuild Iowa Office has archived information from the flood event in 2008. The next meeting of the Agriculture Working Group will be held on May 17, 2019 in Malvern, Iowa. The next meeting of the Advisory Board is scheduled for Friday, May 24, 2019 in Malvern, Iowa. DLSA staff contacts for this fiscal update are Deb Kozell, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6767 and Rodrigo Acevedo, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6764. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 16, 2019. Iowa Learning Online to be Discontinued. Iowa Learning Online, ILO. At the May 2019 State Board of Education meeting, Director Ryan Wise announced the end of the Iowa Learning Online, ILO, program. ILO will operate for one year more with the support of area education agencies. In addition, the enrollment fee per student will be $280, which is a $20 increase per semester course. History. ILO was established in 2004 as an initiative of the Department of Education. In fiscal year 2014, fiscal year 2015, and fiscal year 2016, ILO received general fund appropriations of $1.5 million annually to expand the offerings of ILO to a full curriculum except for career and technical education courses. After ILO converted to fee-based funding beginning in fiscal year 2017, ILO lost enrollment and the enrollment focus shifted to world language courses. World language courses were the most expensive for ILO to offer due to licensing costs. The department determined that ILO was not sustainable on the current fee-based system. Budget request. In October 2018, the department submitted a budget request to the governor and General Assembly requesting a $500,000 appropriation to sustain ILO, but the request was not approved. Director Wise said the program cannot be sustained on its current funding. Students from 97 school districts were enrolled in ILO for the current school year. The department will be giving notice to school districts regarding the ending of ILO programming and will be supporting districts with the transition to other online opportunities. The LSA staff contact for this fiscal update is Laura Vargason, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-2249. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 16, 2019. Governor's Flood Recovery Advisory Group, Workforce and Housing Work Group. The Workforce and Housing Work Group of the Governor's Flood Recovery Advisory Board met on May 13, 2019 in Des Moines. The Workforce and Housing Work Group is one of six work groups 
and is being supported by Iowa Workforce Development, IWD. The members of the work group are Beth Townsend, Director of IWD, Kathy Crane, Mayor of Hamburg, Sean Kelly, Mayor of Missouri Valley, Andy Young, Mayor of Pacific Junction, Larry Oliver, Harrison County Emergency Management, Sandy Winton, Volunteer for Mills County Housing, Beth Freeman, former Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA staffer and affected resident, and Tammy Bramley, Monona County Supervisor. The mayors and county supervisor were not in attendance at this meeting. Others participating in the meeting in person or by telephone included Fran Parr, affected resident of Pacific Junction, Ken Sharp, Department of Public Health, DPH, Ann Schmid, Iowa Economic Development Authority, IEDA, Amy Bartlett, Homeland Security and Emergency Management Division, HSEMD, Dennis Harper, HSEMD, Mike Witt, IWD, and Michelle McNertney, IWD. Workforce, after reviewing the Governor's Executive Order Number 4, which established the Flood Recovery Advisory Board and Working Groups, Director Townsend shared statistics from IWD regarding the number of people unemployed due to the flooding. A total of 133 unemployment claims have been filed related to the flooding. Director Townsend suggested that the group focus on creating an inventory of efforts already underway, identifying gaps where the Governor's Flood Recovery Advisory Board could be most useful, and gathering community concerns and local input as part of the process. Ms. McNertney discussed Iowa's National Dislocated Worker Opportunity Grant Award of $3 million. The grant program is part of Title I of the Federal Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act, WIOA. The funding will be available from May 1, 2019 through June 30, 2021. The first $1 million has been allocated and will be used to place temporarily dislocated workers in jobs related to the cleanup effort. The effort will be managed regionally by the area's community college or the local workforce development board, which will become the employer of record for the temporary workers. Eligible workers can receive wages for a maximum of 280 hours or 12 months, whichever occurs first. Up to 10% of the grant funding can be used for administration of the program locally, including the purchase or lease of needed equipment and provision of supportive services such as daycare. Ms. McNertney noted that Iowa's low unemployment rate and the number of people likely to need these jobs were taken into consideration in determining the amount of the grant, and the state can apply for additional funds. She noted that there is no requirement for local match funding and said it will be important to ensure that other efforts are not duplicated. Housing. Ms. Winton shared information on her efforts to find temporary housing for residents of Mills County and said help is needed quickly. She noted two problems that others concurred with. The cleanup crews need more help with gutting houses to the studs so the houses can be assessed and next steps determined, and residents are not receiving enough information about what is being done at the local, state, and federal levels. Concerns about organization and coordination of volunteers were raised. Ms. Freeman noted the importance of keeping track of volunteer hours that can count toward required local match for federal funding. Ms. Schmid noted that the Iowa Commission on Volunteer Service 
is part of the IEDA and suggested that an additional work group may be needed to address coordination of volunteer services. There was a discussion of the types of information that residents are needing and how best to make that available. It was noted that homeowners are trying to preserve the option to rebuild but won't make that decision until they are confident that the levees will be rebuilt sufficiently. That information needs to come from FEMA and Army Corps of Engineers. Director Townsend noted that the governor's office will be scheduling town hall meetings next week. Ms. Parr noted that residents who are gutting their houses are concerned about toxins in the water and the soil. Mr. Sharp explained that flood waters generally sufficiently dilute any soil contamination, but lead and asbestos are of concern as homes are being dismantled and mold will become an issue as the weather gets warmer. Ms. Bartlett reported that FEMA is working to identify sites for mobile homes to serve as temporary housing through the next winter. The sites must meet extensive criteria and have access to utilities. There was a discussion of how residents can qualify for these homes and the need to collect and coordinate housing data to avoid duplication of effort. Many homes are still inaccessible for initial assessment by FEMA, which is necessary to connect the homeowners with assistance and potential housing. Ms. Bartlett also noted the availability of $10 million in disaster funding under the Workforce Housing Tax Incentive Program enacted in House File 772 Empower Rural Iowa Act earlier this year. Administrative rules for the program are being promulgated under emergency status to be in place within 30 days. The funding will provide tax credits to housing developers on completion of new construction. Ms. Winton reported that the information she has collected thus far indicates 40% of Mills County residents are hoping to rebuild in place, 30% want to move elsewhere in the county, and the remaining 30% plan to move out of the county. There was a discussion of FEMA's home buyout. It was noted that city officials have to apply to FEMA for residents to participate. There is a local match requirement, but Ms. Bartlett noted that Federal Community Development Block Grant Disaster Recovery, CDBG-DR, funding could be used to meet the match. Ms. Bartlett said the CDBG-DR funding is the most flexible recovery tool available. A percentage of the funding must address the needs of low and moderate income residents, but the remainder can be used to address, quote, urgent need. The next meeting of the Workforce and Housing Work Group will be in June in Glenwood, Iowa. The LSA staff contacts for this fiscal update are Robin Madison, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-5270, Ron Robinson, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6256, and Laura Vargason, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-2249. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 21, 2019. Municipal Fire and Police Retirement System Board Meeting, May 2019. The Municipal Fire and Police Retirement System of Iowa, 411 System, 
Board met on Thursday, May 16, 2019. The Board acted on the private equity portfolio recommendations made by Marquette Associates and committed $140 million for fiscal year 2019 as follows. $115 million to the Sigular Gulf Hawkeye Small Buyout 4 Fund and $25 million to the Top Tier Venture Velocity 3 Fund. The Board authorized the 411 system to start the process for issuing a request for proposal, RFP, for a custodial bank. Presentations. The Board received information on the following. Investment Manager reports from the following. Dodge & Cox, J.P. Morgan Asset Management, Mondrian Investment Partners Limited. Benefit Activity Reports, Development Program Reports, Financial Reports, Investment Performance Report, Board Education, Strategic Planning Report, Asset Slash Liability Study, Market Information from Marquette Associates, and Financial Benefits Resulting from the Acquisition of the 411 System Office Building. Other items, the Board interviewed Deputy Director Dan Cassidy as part of starting a transition plan to replace the current Executive Director. The LSA staff contacts for this fiscal update are Ron Robinson, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6256, and Jennifer Acton, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-7846. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 21, 2019. Joint Meeting, Board of Barbering and Board of Cosmetology, Arts and Sciences, May 2019. The Board of Barbering, BB, and the Board of Cosmetology, Arts and Science, BCAS, held a joint meeting on May 20, 2019 to discuss recent bills from the 2019 legislative session that would merge the two boards and make corresponding changes to the licensing of the regulated professions, House File 695 and Senate File 582. The staff for the boards gave a high-level overview of the legislation. The board members asked questions, discussed concerns about what was in the bills, and outlined priorities and received public comment. From this conversation, the following major priorities arose, although no specific recommendations were adopted. Merging the two boards was generally supported. There were perceived advantages in staffing, administration, finance, and regulation due to the similar nature of the two professions. It was recommended to review Missouri and Wisconsin as recent states that have merged barbering and cosmetology boards. Scope of practice and regulation issues were analyzed. While it was not the only issue identified, much of the conversation utilized the example of shaving, which falls within the scope of practice of barbers. There was discussion about how to maintain the historical integrity of the barbering profession and the language used around that. Options discussed included maintaining fixed licensure types that have their own distinct scopes of practice, Therefore, an individual would be required to choose which profession to be licensed based on the service the individual might want to offer. Having a more a la carte licensing regime that would involve a baseline licensure scope of practice, this would allow an individual to pursue additional training and certifications for whichever additional services the individual is interested 
in offering. Training requirements and the number of training hours required for initial licensure were discussed. This subject drew strong opinions. Most of the conversation related to the scope of practice discussion. There were many viewpoints on the relative merits of requiring 2,100 hours versus 1,500 hours or a compromise position of 1,800 hours. Facets of this conversation included barriers to entry for the professions, student loans, public protection, and underserved towns and neighborhoods of the state. Both boards expressed a desire to resume a more active role in inspection of the professions. Currently, inspections are largely conducted on a complaint-driven basis. The boards are interested in working toward a financial position to have inspectors visit all salons or barbershops on some sort of recurring basis. Some of the practical Implications discussed concerning future inspections utilized the shaving example again, including the fact that BCAS prohibits the presence of razor-edged instruments and that adding shaving to the cosmetologist's scope of practice would potentially impact the inspection for other prohibited actions. Next steps. The tentative plan for the boards is to assign representatives to subcommittees to tackle the issues highlighted. The goal will be to prepare a set of recommendations approved by each board for the General Assembly to consider during the 2020 legislative session. After establishing this goal, the BB adjourned and the BCAS proceeded with its regular business meeting. The LSA staff contact for this fiscal update is Kent Ohms, Legislative Analyst 3 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-2200. Fiscal update, Fiscal Services Division, May 21, 2019. Iowa 911 Communications Council, May 2019. The Iowa 911 Communications Council met on May 9, 2019 at the West Des Moines City Hall. 911 Program Financial Reports and Program Update. Blake DeRoshi, 911 Program Manager, provided the Council with the following updates on the 911 program and its current financial standing. Quarterly Report. Total wireless surcharge revenue for the third quarter of 2019 was reported at $7.8 million dollars and total surcharge charged was reported at approximately $7.7 million. The difference between revenue collected and surcharge charged reflects interest accrued. Third quarter data also reflected a total operating surplus of approximately $15.2 million. Approximately $3.5 million of this surplus will be transferred to catastrophic failure reserve funds, leaving approximately $11.7 million in total operational surplus funding at the end of the third quarter. GIS grants update. A total of 78 counties have been approved to receive the fiscal year 2019 federal GIS geographic information system grants in period two of the funding period January 1st, 2019 to June 30th, 2019, receiving a cumulative total of $498,000 in funding. In April 2019, five counties received GIS grants totaling $30,000. Year-to-date funding for fiscal year 2019 totals approximately $1.1 million. The GIS grant process will change slightly in fiscal year 2020. Application upload 
periods will remain the same, but to receive funding, counties will need to verify 98% match rates with GIS and 95% match rates with ALI, Automatic Location Identifier. In fiscal year 2019, counties were required to verify 98% match rates with GIS, 50% match rates with ALI, and 50% match rates with the Master Street Address Guide MSAG. The MSAG match requirement has been removed from the fiscal year 2020 benchmark process. Additionally, counties will be able to upload grant applications through a new and updated statewide next generation 911 GIS platform. 911 Council Travel Public Education and Training Fund. Mr. DeRoche shared that as of May 2019, approximately $61,400 has been expended from the 911 Council Travel Public Education and Training Fund. Approximately $100,000 is allocated toward the fund annually. For fiscal year 2019, approximately $32,200 has already been obligated or approved to be dispersed, leaving a balance of approximately $7,600. Windstream Bankruptcy Filing In February 2019, Windstream Holdings, an internet service provider for rural areas that acts as a secondary emergency services internet protocol, E-S-I-N-E-T, in Iowa, filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Approximately 13 Iowa Public Safety Answering Points, PSAPs, have connections to both the Iowa Communications Network, ICN, and Windstream for redundancy. Mr. DeRoche assured the council that Windstream has received permanent authorization to continue to pass through wireless and wireline surcharge as it undergoes bankruptcy proceedings. Outstanding PSAP Expenditure Report As of May 2019, Chickasaw County has not sent in the required annual PSAP Expenditure Report. As a result, the Department of Homeland Security and Emergency Management, HSEMD, is required to withhold 35% of the county's funding until the report has been submitted. Chickasaw County must submit the completed report by March 31, 2020. Statewide Interoperable Communication System, SWIC, Board Update. Chris Myers, SWIC Coordinator, provided an update on the board's activities, stating that the board has begun providing counties along the 2019 RAGBRAI route with emergency services equipment funded by PSAP grants. Service technology includes a Harris control station with a mobile radio, power supply, speakers, and a desk microphone. The Department of Public Safety, DPS, is working to program the radios to provide them to counties that have requested them as soon as possible. The next council meeting will be held Thursday, June 13th at 9 a.m. at the West Des Moines City Hall. The LSA staff contact for this fiscal update is Christine Meckler, Legislative Analyst 1 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-250-0458. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 21, 2019, Governor's Flood Recovery Advisory Board, Agriculture Working Group. The Agriculture Working Group of the Governor's Flood Recovery Advisory Board met for its second meeting on May 17, 2019 in Malvern, Iowa. The Agriculture Working Group is one of six working groups created by the board and is being supported by the Department of Agriculture and Land Stewardship, DALS. Members. The members of the Agriculture Working Group include Mike Nag, Secretary of Agriculture, Dr. John Lawrence, Iowa State University, David Lewis, 
Farmer, Jeff Jorgensen, Farmer, Lyle and Alice Hodd, Farmers, Michael Stenzel, Farmer, Steve Kenkel, Shelby County Supervisor, Senator Mark Costello, Senator Tom Shipley, Duane Voy, United States Department of Agriculture, USDA Risk Management Agency, Amanda DeJong, USDA Farm Service Agency, and Kurt Simon, USDA Natural Resources Conservation Service. Special guests. Special guests at the meeting included Sherry Coons, Office of U.S. Senator Charles Grassley, and Stephanie Carlson, Office of U.S. Senator Charles Grassley. Federal Disaster Aid Package. An update was presented on the 2018 Federal Disaster Aid Package, including the grain package and additional funding for USDA programs. Continued importance of up-to-date numbers to inform federal appropriations was emphasized. Stored grain and structures. As salvageable crops are recovered, there is a continuing need for expertise on handling flooded grain storage bins. Among the issues discussed were the lack of a, quote, textbook for addressing the combination of grain storage and flood damage, engaging private sector expertise to inform local farmers on best practices, the importance of farmer safety in every step of the process, the requirement that crops in contact with floodwaters be considered adulterated and disposed of, and disposal which includes composting, land application, and land filling under jurisdiction of the Iowa Department of Natural Resources. Risk management. The group touched on decision making for farmers regarding crops and insurance for the current year and for 2020. Topics discussed included decision making tools for producers as planting season concludes, normal planting season closes on May 31st for corn and June 15th for soybeans, options after planting window closes, the importance of conversations with crop insurance agents to determine best options, the breached levy statement which states that if levies or soil are not up to standards, land may be deemed high risk for insurance purposes, and the deadlines for levy and soil standards are April 11, 2020 for corn and April 21, 2020 for soybeans. Other topics. Among the other topics discussed were levies, cover crops, pumps for water removal, and mental health support for producers. The following websites have additional information related to topics discussed. Iowa State University Extension and Outreach Agricultural Decision Maker for Crop Planning Choices, USDA breached levy statement for high-risk insurance determination. USDA high-risk alternate coverage endorsement for information regarding high-risk insurance options. USDA final agency determination 112 regarding prevented planting coverage. Iowa State University Extension and Outreach Iowa Concern for mental health assistance for persons affected by flooding, and 2019 Iowa floods for flood-related information, including road closures. The next meeting of the working group is scheduled for Friday, May 24, 2019 in Malvern. The LSA staff contacts for this fiscal update are Rodrigo Acevedo, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6764, and Deb Cozell, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6767. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 21, 2019, Executive Council Meeting, May 20, 2019. The Executive Council met on Monday, May 20, 2019. The following are highlighted agenda items of approved by the council. 
The council approved a request from the Attorney General's Office to retain Ryan Clark of Patterson Law Firm, LLP, as outside counsel pursuant to Iowa Code Section 13.3, Subsection 1, in Jason Loving v. Iowa Department of Transportation, State of Iowa, and Second Injury Fund of Iowa. The council approved a request from the Attorney General's Office for the payment of expenses pursuant to Iowa Code Section 7D.10 in the amount of approximately $3,200. The council approved a total of approximately $141,800 in emergency allocations and reimbursements for the following purposes. $9,200 to the Department of Public Safety, DPS, to repair vehicle damage caused by wildlife. $103,200 to the Iowa Communications Network to repair cable damage caused by erosion and a rodent chew. $8,600 to the Department of Cultural Affairs to repair damage to the Western Historic Trails Center caused by flooding on March 13, 2019, $16,200 to the Board of Regents, University of Iowa, to repair damage to the softball complex caused by a severe storm on August 28, 2018, and $4,600 to the Department of Human Services to repair damage to the Roberts Cottage at the Iowa Juvenile Home in Toledo caused by water leaks on February 2, 2019. The council approved a total of approximately $24,700 in cost items, including $12,800 to the DPS to repair vehicle damage caused by a collision with a deer. Additional information is available from the Legislative Services Agency upon request. The LSA staff contact for this fiscal update is Chris Eubin, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-0134. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 21, 2019. College Student Aid Commission requests transfer of funds. Teach Iowa Scholars Program. The Department of Management notified the Legislative Services Agency on May 17, 2019 that the following fiscal year 2019 funds transfers totaling $130,480 will be made on or after May 31, 2019 to the Teach Iowa Scholars Program in the College Student Aid Commission. A transfer of $52,914 from the Teacher Shortage Loan Forgiveness Program and a transfer of $77,566 from the Scholarship and Tuition Grant Reserve Fund. The transferred funds will allow the Commission to use the maximum awards possible to Iowa teachers under the Teach Iowa Scholars Program. Source of funds. The Teacher Shortage Loan Forgiveness Program funds are available because the program has been discontinued and remaining obligations have been met. The Scholarship and Tuition Grant Reserve Fund, Iowa Code Section 261.20, collects funds carried forward from the Commission's three standing appropriations for the Iowa Tuition Grant, both nonprofit and for-profit, and the Vocational Technical Tuition Grant. The balance in the fund is limited to 1% of the total of the three appropriations in the preceding fiscal year. The fund is authorized to be used to alleviate shortfalls in funding for other scholarship or tuition grant programs. The LSA staff contact for this fiscal update is Robin Madison, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-5270. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 22, 2019, Peace Officers Retirement Accident and Disability System Board Meeting. The Peace Officers Retirement, POR, Board met on Monday, May 20, 2019. 
The board approved the minutes from the April 15, 2019 meeting as well as the Treasurer's Office monthly reconciliation for January through March 2019. In addition, the board approved the following applications. Two applications for survivor's benefits, three applications for service retirements effective June 29, 2019, one application for withdrawal of contributions, and one application for accidental disability benefits after going into a closed session meeting. Trustee election update. The board has received three nominations for the active membership opening on the board. The board hopes to have a decision by the next meeting. Risk analysis discussion. Patrice Beckham, actuary for Cavanaugh McDonald Consulting LLC, participated by phone in a follow-up discussion with the board from an October conversation regarding risk analysis and the contribution policy. No motions or decisions were made. The board plans to continue the discussion at the next meeting. The next meeting of the POR board will be Monday, June 17, 2019 at 2 p.m. in the Oren Pape State Office Building, First Floor Conference Room. The All Say staff contact for this fiscal update is Jennifer Acton, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-7846. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 22, 2019, Governor's Flood Recovery Advisory Board, Economic Development Working Group. The Economic Development Working Group of the Governor's Flood Recovery Advisory Board met on May 13, 2019 in Des Moines. The Economic Development Working Group is one of six working groups created by the Advisory Board and is being supported by the Iowa Economic Development Authority. Members. The members of the Economic Development Working Group include Rick Allaley, Director of Mills County Economic Development Foundation, Scott Swenson, Regional Director of Iowa Small Business Development Center, Mark Ford, People Parts and Service Director, AgriVision Equipment Group, Marianne Hanusa, Iowa State Representative for District 16, John Ryder, Regional Manager, Economic Development, BNSF Railway Company, Lonnie Mayberry, Mills County Supervisor, Mark Reinig, Economic Development Program Manager at Iowa State University, Catherine Cooner, Vice President, Economic Connections and Integration at Mid-American Energy, Jeffrey Royland, CEO at Western Iowa Networks, Casey Woodside, Business Development Manager at Black Hills Energy, and Rebecca Socknat, Emergency Management Coordinator at Woodbury Emergency Management. Economic Development Issues. Members of the working group discussed issues that are impacting their efforts to reopen businesses. Examples of these include reluctance to return until levies are repaired, utility repair timelines and non-functional sewer systems, and concern that residents deciding to not return to the area may dissuade businesses from reopening. Other issues. Group members had a general discussion on the following. Housing issues. Damage to residential property and limited temporary housing is likely to reduce both workforce and customer bases for area businesses. Utilities are coming back into the area and restoring services upon request wherever possible, but some communities remain without gas, sewer, or electric services. And the working group intends to cooperate with the Workforce and Housing Working Group to expedite restoring and establishing temporary housing. Agricultural issues. Much of the local economy is connected to agriculture, loss of harvested crops, and inability to plant 
for the 2019 growing season will have long-term effects on the local economy. And the working group intends to coordinate with the agriculture working group to aid local agricultural producers. Next steps. Initiate a regional survey of residents and businesses to discover what resources are needed. Hold roundtables with local businesses to get them operational as soon as possible. And partner with local banks to investigate viability of small loans for operating capital to keep businesses solvent until they can reopen. Additional information, the following websites have additional information related to Iowa flood and disaster recovery. 2019 Iowa floods has flood-related information, including flood recovery and road closures. The Rebuild Iowa Office website has archived information from the flood event in 2008. The next meeting of the Economic Development Working Group is tentatively scheduled for the middle of June in Glenwood, Iowa. The next meeting of the Advisory Board is scheduled for Friday, May 24, 2019 in Malvern, Iowa. The LSA staff contacts for this fiscal update are Chris Eubin, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-0134 and Ron Robinson, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Services Agency at 515-281-6256. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 22, 2019. Environmental Protection Commission Meeting, May 2019. The Environmental Protection Commission met on May 21, 2019 in Des Moines. Three new members were sworn in, Stephanie Dykeshorn, Amy Eckhard, and Tim Kaldenberg. Legislative Update. Adam Schneider's Department of Natural Resources, DNR, provided a legislative update. This included a discussion of Senate File 609, Fiscal Year 2020 Agriculture and Natural Resources Appropriations Bill, which appropriates $11.9 million to the department from the general fund for fiscal year 2020. This is an increase of $366,000 compared to estimated fiscal year 2019. Contracts approved. The following contracts were approved or amended. A contract not to exceed $61,000 with the Department of Agriculture and Land Stewardship, DALS, for the Iowa Great Lakes Targeted Watershed Project. The contract will be funded with federal funds. A contract not to exceed $450,000 with the state archaeologist at the University of Iowa to fund archaeology investigations related to construction projects on public lands. Funding sources will be identified for each project submitted. A contract not to exceed $101,000 with the DALS for the Lake Good Watershed Improvement Project. The contract will be funded with federal funds. A contract not to exceed $319,000 with the DALS for the Dry Run Creek Watershed Improvement Project. The contract will be funded with federal funds. A contract with the DALS not to exceed $790,000 to provide loans for implementation of non-point source conservation practices, local water protection practices, livestock water quality practices, urban stormwater practices, and water resource restoration practices. The contract will be funded with administrative funds from the Clean Water State Revolving Loan Fund. A contract amendment not to exceed $200,000 with the Geographic Information Services, GIS, facility at Iowa State University, ISU, to provide basic services including scanning, geospatial training, and other related services. The amendment is funded with federal funds. 
a three-year contract not to exceed $496,000 with the State Hygienic Laboratory at the University of Iowa to perform analysis and testing on various samples. The contract will be funded with federal funds. A two-year contract not to exceed $130,000 with the State Hygienic Laboratory at the University of Iowa to perform analysis and testing of land samples submitted by the Land Quality Bureau. The contract will be funded with fee revenue from the Hazardous Waste Fund. A contract not to exceed $28,000 with the Region 12 Council of Governments to audit participants in the Environmental Management System EMS program. The contract will be funded with fee revenue from the Solid Waste Account of the Groundwater Protection Fund. A contract not to exceed $74,000 with Graham Smith, a partnership based in Tennessee, to provide professional services to EMS program participants. The contract will be funded with fee revenues from the solid waste account of the Groundwater Protection Fund. And a contract not to exceed $265,000 with the Iowa Association of Municipal Utilities to provide training and technical assistance to targeted public water suppliers. Funding is from the state revolving loan fund. Final rules. The commission approved the final administrative rules for water quality standards. This is the fifth group of standards submitted. The DNR removed proposed uses for certain water bodies from the final rules after public meetings were held and comments were received. These water bodies included Deer Creek, Silver Creek, Three Mile Creek, and West Branch Iowa River. Derelict Buildings Grant Program. The Commission approved 13 projects for a total of $396,000 for the Derelict Buildings Program. There were 29 applications received for the program, requesting a total of $1.2 million. The LSA staff contact for this fiscal update is Deb Kozell, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6767. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 24, 2019. Joint Meeting of CJJPACPSABNSORC, May 2019. The Criminal and Juvenile Justice Planning Advisory Council, CJJPAC, the Public Safety Advisory Board, PSAB, and the Sex Offender Research Council, SORC, convened in a joint meeting on May 15, 2019 at the Polk County River Place in Des Moines. Merger of CJJPAC, PSAB, and SORC. Criminal and Juvenile Justice Planning Division, CJJP, Administrator Steve Michael discussed the enactment of House File 634, Judicial Advisory Board Act, which establishes a Justice Advisory Board, GAB, and eliminates the CCJPAC, the PSAB, and the SORC. The act is effective July 1, 2019, and provides a new process for board membership, establishes a new purpose and set of duties, and establishes reporting requirements. The new process includes establishing a 28-member board consisting of 22 voting members and six ex-officio members all residing in the state of Iowa. Nine voting members will be appointed by the governor subject to confirmation by the Senate for a four-year term. Other voting members will represent the Iowa Coalition Against Domestic Violence, the American Civil Liberties Union, the Iowa County Attorneys Association, the Departments of Human Services, Corrections, DOC, Public Safety, Public Health and Justice, Judicial District DOC Services, the Office of the Status 
of African Americans, the Board of Parole, the State Public Defender, and the Governor's Office of Drug Control Policy. These representatives will also serve a term of four years. The Chief Justice of the Supreme Court will designate a district judge and a district associate judge or associate juvenile judge to serve as ex officio non-voting members for four-year terms. Additionally, the chairperson and ranking member of the Senate Judiciary Committee will serve in ex officio capacity for four-year terms. The chairperson and the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee or the House Public Safety Committee will serve as ex officio non-voting members on alternating two-year terms. Defining the purpose of the JAB to achieve the following. Develop short-term and long-term goals to improve the criminal and juvenile justice systems. Identify and analyze justice system issues. Develop and assist others in implementing recommendations and plans for system improvement. Provide the General Assembly with an analysis of current and proposed criminal code provisions. And provide for a clearinghouse of juvenile justice information to coordinate with data resource agencies and assist others in the use of justice system data. Establishing board duties, including identifying issues and analyzing the operation and impact of present criminal and juvenile justice policy and making recommendations to policy changes, coordinating with data resource agencies to provide data and analytical information for federal, state, and local governments, assisting agencies in the use of criminal and juvenile justice system data and reviewing data supplied by the Department of Management, Legislative Services Agency, LSA, and other departments. Reporting criminal justice and juvenile justice system needs to the governor, the General Assembly, and other decision makers to improve the criminal justice system. Providing technical assistance to state and local agencies. Administer state, federal, and grant funds for purposes of research, planning, and implementation in the areas of criminal juvenile justice. Recommending legislative and executive action to the Governor and General Assembly. Studying and making recommendations for treating and supervising adult and juvenile sex offenders in institutions, in community-based programs, and in the community. And providing expertise and advice to the LSA, the DOC, the Judicial Branch, and others charged with formulating fiscal, correctional, and minority impact statements. House File 634 also requires that the JAB submit a three-year criminal justice plan for the state beginning December 1, 2020, and by December 1st every three years thereafter. The plan is required to be updated annually and must include short-term and long-term goals for the criminal and juvenile justice systems, as well as reporting on the board's fulfillment of its duties as listed. Legislative Update Division Administrator Michael also provided an update on the recent legislative session. As part of the Justice System Appropriations Act, Senate File 615, the CJJP is required to administer a $140,000 grant to a program committed to deterring juvenile delinquency throughout early intervention in the criminal justice system by providing comprehensive multifaceted delivery of social services to a city with a higher than average crime rate as determined by the CJJP and a population of greater than 80,000 as determined by the 2010 Federal Decennial Census. CJJP Research Director Sarah Finneran provided an update on current and proposed research projects the division is participating in. Current projects include, among others, the Youthful Sex Offender Research Project, YSOTP, 
The purpose of the project is to provide a program evaluation of the pilot youthful sex offender treatment program. Iowa Partnership for Success, IPFS, in collaboration with the Bureau of Substance Abuse of the Division of Behavioral Health and Department of Public Health, the partnership addresses Iowa's substance abuse prevention priorities of reducing underage drinking and youth binge drinking by providing funding for research, data collection, and analysis, and providing recommendations to assist communities. And Indigent Defense Project. The project allows indigent defendants to select their own attorney under the client choice model. The CJJP analyzes data collected for those served under this model and plans to publish a full assessment of data outcomes. Proposed projects include, among others, an evaluation of statewide recidivism reduction, SRR. The project involves an evaluation of the DOC's SRR initiative proposing to analyze recidivism as a new disposed charge and or conviction rather than a new prison admission, and longitudinal analysis of Iowa's sex offender special sentence. The CJJP is proposing to update a 2014 study on the effectiveness of Iowa's special sentence procedures to track original cohorts of sex offenses for an additional five years for a total of eight years. This would allow the CJJP to gain a better understanding of how low recidivism rates were sustained over a longer period of time and what additional costs may be involved with a special sentence and to provide a forecasted projection of the number of new offenders in future years. The first meeting of the new JAB has been tentatively scheduled for September 18, 2019 at a location to be determined. The LSA staff contact for this fiscal update is Christine Meckler, Legislative Analyst 1 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-250-0458. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 24, 2019. Iowa Telecommunications and Technology Commission Meeting, May 16, 2019. The Iowa Telecommunications and Technology Commission, ITTC, met on May 16, 2019. The Iowa Communications Network, ICN, continues to work on a number of initiatives. The new managed voice system, MVS, is expected to reach completion by the end of September 2019. To date, 141 active sites, including over 7,000 phones, have been added to the MVS. The final sites yet to be mitigated from ICN's legacy system to the MVS are as follows. Office of the Chief Information Officer. Iowa Department for the Blind, Iowa Public Television, Department of Corrections, Iowa State Penitentiary, Department of Corrections, Iowa Correctional Facility for Women, and Iowa National Guard Joint Forces Headquarters. The Commission Board approved the fiscal year 2020 budget. ICN Carrier Updates. The Commission experienced six cuts to fiber optic lines statewide, and five lines were damaged due to washouts as a result of flooding. The LSA staff contact for this fiscal update is Chris Eubin, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-0134. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 24, 2019. Iowa Flood Mitigation Board Meeting, May 20, 2019. The Iowa Flood Mitigation Board met in Room 103 at the Iowa State Capitol on May 20, 2019 at 11 a.m. Proposed Amendments to Flood Mitigation Program Agreements. 
Two cities, Iowa City and Cedar Falls, requested an extension pertaining to project completion deadlines for respective projects. Stephen Rackus of Iowa City requested to extend the deadline for Phase 1 of the Riverfront Crossings Park Project from January 31, 2018 to July 1, 2019. Due to excessive flooding in October 2018, final wetland and steam bank planting was postponed until the spring of 2019. Extending the project deadline to July 2019 allows Phase 1 to be fully completed and administratively closed out. The board unanimously approved this request. The City of Cedar Falls requested an extension pertaining to the project completion deadline of the downtown levy improvement project, which commenced in November 2017. Due to the significant amounts of rainfall, snowfall, and spring flooding in the last year and a half, an emergency flood plan was deployed on March 16, 2019, and levy infrastructure work was delayed until April 2, 2019. The City of Cedar Falls is requesting a project extension until November 30, 2019. The board unanimously approved the extension. Legislative Update. John Benson, Legislative Liaison and Chief of Staff of the Department of Homeland Security and Emergency Management, HSEMD, provided the board with an update on the recent legislative session. Mr. Benson shared that Senate File 638, Fiscal Year 2019 Standing Appropriations Act, Division 5, includes a provision that establishes a flood recovery fund under control of the board. The fund will provide a funding source to finance approved flood mitigation projects undertaken by local governments. The board is permitted to award monies from the fund to political subdivisions located within a county that has been designated a recipient of the Presidential Disaster Declaration dr 4421-IA and activated. There are currently nine Iowa counties receiving federal assistance. Woodbury, Pottawatomie, Fremont, Louisa, Scott, Monona, Harrison, Shelby, and Mills. Mr. Benson also discussed the application process for interested political subdivisions to apply for funding. In order to be eligible, subdivisions must provide a description of the project and how the project supports flood response, flood recovery, or flood mitigation, and a description of the financial assistance needed from the fund and information regarding additional monies being applied to the project. Senate File 638 provided an initial appropriation of $15 million for the fund and allows the HSEMD to implement emergency rules to implement the provisions of the Act. The next meeting of the board has not been scheduled at this time. The LSA staff contact for this fiscal update is Christine Meckler, Legislative Analyst 1 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-250-0458. Fiscal update, Fiscal Services Division, May 24, 2019. Governor's Flood Recovery Advisory Board, Public Health Working Group. The Public Health Working Group of the Governor's Flood Recovery Advisory Board met on May 22, 2019 in Des Moines with a conference call option available. The Public Health Working Group is one of six working groups created by the Advisory Board and is being supported by the Iowa Department of Public Health. Members. The members of the Public Health Working Group include Gerd Claybaugh, Director of the Iowa Department of Public Health, Mike O'Neill, Great Community Hospital in Hamburg, Iowa, Tammy Jacobs, Iowa Concerns Hotline, Iowa State University. David Brown, Iowa State University Behavioral Health Specialist. 
Leslie Wright, United Way of East Central Iowa, David Crouch, Mills County Supervisor, Karen Hyatt, Iowa Department of Human Services, Christine Templeton, Iowa Department of Human Services, Roger Bruner, Iowa Department of Natural Resources, Dean Decker, Iowa Department of Public Health, and Megan O'Brien, Governor's Office. Working Group Scope. The meeting began with a discussion on the overall scope of the working group as outlined in the Governor's Executive Order Number 4. Director Claybaugh explained that he saw the scope of the working group's responsibility fit into four domains. Mental Health and Substance Abuse, MH-SA. Most of these impacts will not be present immediately or in the near term, but will begin to surface later and linger as time progresses and recovery efforts develop. Water quality. There are concerns about water supply, both public distribution and private wells, and wastewater, public systems, and private septic systems. Acute health care delivery. There are concerns about the efficiency of service delivery through hospitals, pharmacies, and clinics due to the unavailability of clean water. There are also concerns regarding workforce strains due to the dislocation of community residents and at-risk populations. There may be disparate impacts on populations such as the elderly, maternal and child health service recipients, MH-SA service recipients, or others. There was also discussion about how public health will have connection points with and affect aspects of other working groups, such as the Economic Development Working Group, but that the focus will be on communication and allowing each group to cover its respective area. Current challenges. Members offered several observations regarding challenges faced by residents of flooded areas. These challenges include food. Food availability was presented as both a current challenge and a success as free food distribution continues. Distribution is projected to continue as long as the recovery lasts. Economies of scale are certainly being reached through this method as preserving food at campsites for individuals and families would be difficult and expensive on an ongoing basis. Environmental health. Bugs, primarily mosquitoes, were brought up as a problem. Unfortunately, due to the massive amounts of water and difficulty in reaching the standing water breeding areas, the mosquito population is probably not addressable at a macro level. Individuals will have to manage from their locations. Water contamination is less of a problem due to the volume of water diluting contaminants. However, debris, both visible and undetectable, in the water is a concern. There are not many known well-slash-septic system problems yet, but there are some reports of the water pressure pushing well cistern systems out of the ground, and there is additional concern about the recoverability of septic systems. Multiple stressors and recovery timeline. Multiple stressors, including the financial, employment, farming, and housing difficulties, are causing an ongoing concern about mental health and substance abuse. Another difficulty is the disruption of routine, especially with the impending end of the school year and projected 8- to 18-month process of Federal Emergency Management Agency FEMA buyouts and appeals. A lack of recreational activities and child care for children during school breaks has led to concerns about child safety, a need for 
delivery and distribution of anti-overdose agents, such as Narcan, to campgrounds was also discussed and house insufficiency. The displacement of residents has led to community members searching for new housing outside of the affected area or indefinitely residing in campsite tents. This has lengthened commutes and impacted employment and child care. Additionally, there is little to no storage available for donations for those affected by the flood and seasonal clothing needs will change over the next 6 to 18 months. Long-term challenges. Members of the working group noted key long-term challenges for the group to address. These challenges include financial assistance. There was discussion about the scarcity of resources for impacted individuals and families and how additional assistance through paying for medication copayments, cell phones, utilities, gas cards, and clothing could reduce pressures to hopefully avoid larger MH slash SA problems from occurring in the future. Communication. There was discussion about getting accurate and credible information to the public in a timely manner. The spread of information through rumors and social media have made this difficult. Mental health and substance abuse. Service outreach, securing Narcan in the area, increasing access to psychosocial education and treatment, and removing barriers to access were identified as issues. Coordinating resources. Discussion was held regarding areas of housing, food, mental health, and substance abuse, and building capacity to respond to families in need. And environmental health. Improving water quality and the operability of septic systems addressing the mosquito problem and addressing solid waste disposal were identified as issues. The following websites have additional information related to Iowa's flood and disaster recovery. 2019 Iowa Floods has flood-related information, including flood recovery and road closures. The Rebuild Iowa office has archived information from the flood event in 2008, and the DHS Project Recovery Facebook page and hotline 800-447-1985. The next meeting of the Public Health Working Group is tentatively scheduled for early June in Des Moines. The next meeting of the advisory board is scheduled for Friday, May 24, 2019 in Melbourne, Iowa. The LSA staff contacts for this fiscal update are Angel Banks Adams, Legislative Analyst 1 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6301 and Kent Ohms, Legislative Analyst 3 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-2200. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 29, 2019. Legislation from the 2019 Legislative Session Impacting Fiscal Year 2020 State School Aid. The following legislation was enacted during the 2019 Legislative Session and impacts the state school budget aid and levy for fiscal year 2020. House File 306, School Finance, State Percents of Growth, Property Tax Replacement Payments Act. The act establishes a rate of 2.06% for state supplemental aid, SSA, percent of growth and categorical state percent of growth for fiscal year 2020. 
the Act further establishes additional property tax replacement funding based on the per-pupil increase that results from the establishment of the state percent of growth in fiscal year 2020. The Act requires the additional levy portion of the fiscal year 2020 state cost per-pupil amount to be frozen at $750 per pupil regardless of the per-pupil increase for fiscal year 2020. The Act was approved by the General Assembly on February 13, 2019 and signed by the Governor on February 19, 2019. House File 307, School Finance Regular State Cost Per Pupil, School Transportation Funding Act. The Act increases by $5 the state cost per pupil, SCPP, amount calculated using the SSA rate. With the enactment of both House File 306 and House File 307, the new SCPP for fiscal year 2020 is $6,880. Districts that have a higher district cost per pupil will receive state aid replacement for funds that would have been generated through property taxes. Districts at the SCPP will receive additional spending authority. The Act also creates a standing appropriation from the general fund to the Transportation Equity Fund and establishes that the appropriation will grow at the same rate as a categorical under the categorical state percent of growth beginning in fiscal year 2021. The Act appropriates $19 million in fiscal year 2020. While the appropriation does not impact the state school budget aid and levy directly, it will increase the spending authority of districts receiving monies from the Transportation Equity Fund. The Act was approved by the General Assembly on February 13, 2019 and signed by the Governor on February 19, 2019. House File 596, Whole Grade Sharing and Reorganization Incentives. The Act extends the whole grade sharing supplementary weighting and reorganization incentives for an additional five years. The Act was approved by the General Assembly on April 25, 2019 and signed by the Governor on May 9, 2019. Senate File 603, Concurrent Enrollment Functions and Funding. The Act makes various changes to concurrent enrollment including increasing the concurrent enrollment weighting for arts and science classes under the concurrent enrollment program from 0.46 to 0.50. This change will first take effect for the 2019-2020 school year. The Act was approved by the General Assembly on April 26, 2019 and signed by the Governor on May 23, 2019. Senate File 638, Standing Appropriations. The Act makes two changes impacting state school aid. Reduces the fiscal year 2020 state school aid funding to the Area Education Agencies, AEAs, by $15 million. This reduction is in addition to the statutory reduction of $7.5 million. The state aid reduction to the AEAs will total $22.5 million for fiscal year 2020. Suspends the general fund standing appropriation of $14.8 million for the instructional support program for fiscal year 2020. Although no state funding will be provided for the instructional support program, school districts may use local property tax and income surtax to fund their portion of the program. The act was approved by the General Assembly on April 27, 2019 and signed by the Governor on May 8, 2019. The table that accompanies this fiscal update article shows the estimated state foundation aid for fiscal year 2020. Actuals for the fiscal year will be calculated by the Department of Management and be made available after July 2019. Estimated school foundation aid for fiscal year 2020, state aid with 
2.06% allowable growth, $3,301,100,000, per pupil increase for SCPP, $2,909,400, additional AEA reduction, minus $15 million, and concurrent enrollment adjustment, $943,488, for a total of $3,289,952,888. Other legislation, House File 546, Secure and Advanced Vision for Education Extension. Although the act does not have a fiscal impact on state school aid in fiscal year 2020, it is expected to impact state school aid starting in fiscal year 2022. The act extends the sunset of a portion of sales and use tax being allocated to the Secure and Advanced Vision for Education, or SAVE, fund to January 1, 2051, and adjusts the amount of funds being directed to the Property Tax Equity Relief, PTER, fund. In fiscal year 2020, the amount directed to PTER is 3.1%, of the total funds generated by SAVE. Starting in fiscal year 2021, for fiscal years in which the growth of SAVE is more than 2% over the previous fiscal year, the amount directed into the PTER fund will increase by 1% until it reaches a cap of 30% of the funds generated by SAVE. Beginning in fiscal year 2021, one half of the increase in funds each year will flow into a newly created foundation base supplement fund, FB. SF within the PTER fund, which will function to indirectly increase the state cost per pupil foundation level for all districts. The current foundation level is set in Iowa Code Section 257.1, Subsection 2, Paragraph B, as 87.5% of the state cost per pupil. The changes to PTER will first impact state school aid in fiscal year 2022. The allocations from the FBSF will first impact state school aid in fiscal year 2023. The act was approved by the General Assembly on April 25, 2019 and signed by the Governor on May 24, 2019. The LSA staff contact for this fiscal update is Michael Guansi, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-1286. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 29, 2019. Governor's Flood Recovery Advisory Board, May 24, 2019. The Governor's Flood Recovery Advisory Board met on May 24, 2019 in Malvern, Iowa. The board was established by Executive Order No. 4 and is charged with supporting and overseeing a comprehensive flood recovery and rebuilding effort. The meeting opened with approval of minutes and introductions of the board members. The board received a statewide update on the flooding impact and ongoing response and recovery efforts. An update was also provided on the status of the Federal Disaster Aid Bill. Working groups. In addition to the board, six working groups have been formed with the following individuals named to lead each group. Larry Winham, leading finance. Rick Alele, leading economic development. Secretary Mike Nag, leading agriculture. Beth Townsend, leading workforce and housing. Leo Edelman, leading river management and infrastructure. And Gerd Claybaugh, leading public health. All working groups were represented and provided a summary of information that had been discussed in their individual meetings. 
The next meeting has not been scheduled, but will be held by the second week of June. Future information on board meetings will be posted by the governor's office at floods2019.iowa.gov. The LSA staff contacts for this fiscal update are Ron Robinson, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6256, and Laura Vargason, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-2249. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 30, 2019. Fiscal Year 2019, Reallocation of Appropriations, Department of Corrections. Reallocation Notice. The Legislative Services Agency was notified on May 29, 2019 by the Department of Corrections, DOC, of a $1.2 million reallocation in funding for fiscal year 2019. The funds have been transferred from several line items to the Iowa State Penitentiary, ISP. The transferred funds will be used to replace the current radio communication system at the ISP in Fort Madison. The total projected cost of the radios is approximately $1.6 million. The remaining project cost will be covered by ISP funds. Reallocation Summary. As permitted by Senate File 615, Fiscal Year 2019 Justice System Appropriations Act, the DOC may use any general fund resources appropriated to the Department in Fiscal Year 2019 for the resolution of a settlement agreement with Iowa Workforce Development, IWD, described here. The table that accompanies this fiscal update details the fiscal year 2019 reallocation pursuant to Senate File 615, fiscal year 2019 reallocation of general fund appropriations, budget unit, federal prisoners, slash contractual, transferred minus $320,000, county confinement, transferred minus $640,000, Mount Pleasant Correctional Facility, transferred minus $275,000, For a total of minus $1,235,000, budget unit, Iowa State Penitentiary, received $1,235,000 for a total of $1,235,000. Settlement Agreement. The DOC received an Occupational Safety and Health Administration, or OSHA, citation after an incident at the ISP in 2018. The DOC was cited for failure to provide adequate means of communication for employees to summon assistance during violent attacks. The resulting settlement agreement with the Division of Labor Services within IWD requires the DOC to remedy the OSHA citation, which must be abated by March 1, 2020. Available funds. In fiscal year 2019, increased efficiencies produced by the LEAN or LEAN project conducted by the Department of Management resulted in savings to the federal prisoner and county confinement line items. In addition, the Mount Pleasant Correctional Facility experienced savings from vacant positions in the institution after the shift of the facility from medium to minimum custody. These savings are part of the reallocated funding for the ISP project. The LSA staff contact for this fiscal update is Laura Book, Legislative Analyst 1 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-205-9275. Fiscal update, Fiscal Services Division, May 31, 2019. Water Resources Coordinating Council meeting, May 2019. The Water Resources Coordinating Council, WRCC, met on May 30, 2019 at the Polk County Extension Office in Altoona. 
Secretary of Agriculture Mike Nagg called this meeting to order. Flood information. Kurt Simon, Federal Natural Resources Conservation Service, NRCS, provided information on the Emergency Watershed Protection Program. The program provides options to landowners and local communities to reduce the hazards from floods, droughts, windstorms, and other natural disasters. Examples of how funds are used include removing debris, protecting eroded stream banks, repairing levees, and receding damaged areas. Currently, all 99 counties are eligible to apply for assistance. Wetlands Reserve Program. Mr. Simon also reported there is $40 million available for technical and financial assistance nationwide to restore and enhance critical wetlands on agricultural lands. Critical wetlands improve water quality, prevent flooding, and provide recreational benefits. Proposals can be submitted to the NRCS until June 14, 2019. Conservation Innovation Grants. The NRCS is also accepting proposals for the Conservation Innovation Grants Program through which there is up to $12.5 million available to adopt innovative conservation practices on agricultural land. The program encourages creative solutions and new technology for conservation practices. Proposals are being accepted until July 30, 2019. Iowa Nutrient Research Center. Lori Nowatsky, Iowa Nutrient Reduction Strategy at Iowa State University, ISU, reported that the 2019 research grants for the Iowa Nutrient Research Center will be announced in June. Proposals are for projects that assist landowners in reducing nitrate and phosphorus. The Iowa Nutrient Center also has a new website that provides information on previous grants awarded and other resources for improving water quality. Stormwater Runoff Research. Dr. Michael Perez, ISU, presented information on stormwater runoff. Areas that have LIDAR information are tested before and after storm events to measure the loss of sediment. Dr. Perez also discussed other stormwater projects being evaluated that slowed down the water velocity. These include the construction of silt fences and the use of wattles. A wattle is a fiber roll used as a sediment control device that is made of straw, coconut fiber, or similar materials. Nutrient Research and Education Council. Sean Richmond from the Nutrient Research and Education Council, NREC, provided an update on the NREC's current research project, providing information from 900 surveys completed at 150 locations around Iowa. The information is being reviewed by ISU, and subjects covered include nitrogen, phosphorus, tillage, cover crops, and other related subjects. The date has not been determined for the next meeting, but will be scheduled for late August or early September. For additional information, refer to the WRCC website. The LSA staff contact for this fiscal update is Deb Gozell, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6767.